Welcome in to the Paul Kuharski podcast from paulkuharski.com. I am Paul Kuharski, mandatory three mentions of the name over with Lickety Split, recording on Thursday night, September 1st, September, uh, not a terrible month, makes me miserable to say September 1st, though, because it means summer's end is upon us, and I am a summer guy, not a fall guy. Though uh, I do look forward to the start of the NFL season, start of the college football season, not very exciting so far tonight with blowouts uh, underway. Harold Landry tore his ACL Wednesday at practice. I don't imagine there was a great deal of contact. Don't know what uh, the play, where he suffered the injury, uh, what it involved. Did get a tip on the... uh, paulkuharski.com fourth mention um private facebook page hint if you want to give me a tip uh, it's better to email me pkuharski at gmail.com um have a good relationship with the agent screwed me by not replying um didn't think enough of it to text mike vrabel or john robinson big mistake obviously Bad, bad injury for the Titans, obviously. Not only does Landry play, you know, over 90% of the snaps for the Titans. Um, not only is he one of the, the key front four that passes, uh, that rushes the passer without help, which is the, the key component of this franchise right now, last year and expected to this year but he he moves around he bounces around he drops in coverage he he stacks up as a stacked linebacker behind the line um so even if Danico Autry um <coughs> excuse me you know can kick outside you know they could they could leave DeMarcus Walker in the game a little bit um, as an end and play Autry outside um, or vice versa. I didn't mention DeMarcus Walker and what I wrote. Um, I think primarily looking at Rashad Weaver and, um, and Ola Adeni um, in combination replacing Landry, but it's a bad situation. Landry's high on the list of guys that can't afford to lose. Dupree also, you know, he's a good pass rusher. I'm I'm excited to see what he does in a fully healthy season. But um, he also doesn't have the versatility that Landry does in terms of his uh, snap-to-snap movement. Um, So this is a bad one. Titans had made it through camp without any bad losses, um, and now you lose a guy for a season. Not a good scenario at all. They did restructure, <clears throat> reshape Derrick Henry's deal. That came to light today. Um, frees up about $5 million in salary cap room, um, which is nice contingency money. And maybe that contingency is, <clears throat> you know, for, for now, for right now, for them to go and get um, some help on the edge. You know, most of the people who are out there, are old jason pierre paul is 33 d ford is 31 i don't know what their interest level would be in these guys um 
Tack McKinley's 26. He's out there. Um, I'm just rolling through the list. Ryan Kerrigan's 34. He retired. I would think he's done. Uh, Kamoko Ture, 27. Age isn't a factor there. Maybe skill level is. Pernell McPhee, 33. Everson Griffin, 34. Those are some of the more notable people out there. I don't know how seriously the Titans would consider an outsider. Um, But I would think right now they have to be considering uh, all possibilities and um, being a little bit of a state of shock, though they've had uh, 24 hours at least to get used to the idea of a season without Harold Landry, uh, a big, disappointment let's turn to broader things um i'll be doing one more of these before the season opens against the giants a week from sunday but we know what this team is now with their 53 i still expect some tinkering because the roster shape is is a little odd seven defensive linemen five running backs um not ideally shaped by any means Number one reason still to me, and I wrote this before training camp started, number one reason to expect success from this team, Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel has um, gotten good, solid, effective production out of less than great players at at key spots. Um, They used 91 players last year and wound up with 12 wins in the number one seed in the AFC. I'm not expecting that, but um they can overcome some stuff you know i i have a lot of faith in mike vrabel's ability to overcome not just harold landry's loss but the things where this team is deficient and it certainly is deficient at places where it said it was going to get better around ryan Tannehill, and it hasn't on the offensive line um and and at wide receiver in in particular Are they better around Ryan Tannehill? I don't think that they are. Can he elevate some of these weapons in the past game? I don't think he can. Uh, I mean, he's been a pretty good quarterback for them since the middle of 2019 when he took over. Um, They've won a lot of regular season games. They won two playoff games on the heels, um, on the legs of Derrick Henry. But Ryan Tannehill hasn't really done anything in the playoffs, and he's been a key reason that they've lost their last three playoff games, the AFC Championship game in Kansas City in 2019, um, a home playoff game against Baltimore in to end the 2020 season, and that awful, awful performance against um, last year uh, against Cincinnati. And those have gotten progressively worse, I think, from the Kansas City loss to the Baltimore loss, which was a complete offensive loss to um, to the the Cincinnati loss, which <clears throat> the Titans don't want to put singularly on Ryan Tannehill, but he certainly did more to lose that game than he did to lose the two games prior. Um, I think they can be a playoff team. I think they can be a division winning team. I think they get right back to the same kind of spot in the playoffs 
whether they get there as a division winner or whether they get there as a wild card where Ryan Tannehill is going to need to do more. And, uh, you know, maybe he can rise to the occasion and do it once, depending on the matchup. Can he do it four times? They're not going to get a bye again. They're going to need to win four games to win a Super Bowl championship. Can, can he do it four times? No. And have they delivered on their pledge to be great around him? And by being great around him, they didn't necessarily mean everybody had to perform great around him, but that they, they had to, uh, they didn't mean that they had to have great talent around him. They meant they had to play great all the way around him. They, They haven't, um, gotten great talent around him they've downgraded not upgraded and um i don't i don't think they have the people to play at that level so that's my overall assessment going in you know now could mike rabel make you know something work they have three tight ends on the roster right now and they're going to be more of a two tight end team than they were last year where they tried to become more of a three wide team. So, you know, they, uh, they got rid of David Wells on the practice squad and they brought in Kevin Raider. Kevin Raider played seven games for Pittsburgh over the last two seasons. If they needed a, a fourth tight end to come in the mix and play the third role at some point, could Mike Vrabel make, somebody like Kevin Rader work. We've seen him do that before, but could he make somebody like Des Fitzpatrick or Mason Kinsey or Josh Gordon work? Maybe, but he didn't have the right guys at the top of the wide receiving core. So let's talk about those wide receivers, which we've talked about in every one of these podcasts so far related to the 2020 season. Look, they've got Robert Woods. Robert Woods can be an effective receiver, though he hasn't been at the top. He hasn't been at number one for a while, at least. And, um, you know, I think it's a dangerous thing. He was struggling to get open last we saw him at, at practice, working with team. Um, and I think that's a big ask. Um, I think Nick Westbrook Akine is is going to be the other starter at the beginning and kyle phillips an unproven rookie who's been really good at training camp is going to be the third and Traylon burks is going to be sprinkled in there and that's your top four it's not an intimidating group i don't want to go through the whole aj brown thing again but they don't have anybody that's got his dynamicism uh that's dynamic like him in terms of creating big plays with any consistency <clears throat> and they're and they're racing McMath's on IR. So we're not going to see him for at least four weeks. And so they call up drum roll, please. Cody Hollister. We've seen Cody Hollister ceiling. Cody Hollister's not going to mess things up in a big way, um, but he's not going to win you games. And uh, somebody on Twitter smartly said the Titans have a propensity if wide receiver five winds up on the field to throw to wide receiver five at key moments in games. And you just can't be throwing to Cody Hollister at key moments in games. 
they value the blocking um, and the correct route running so much that they devalue uh, dynamic play. I would hope Josh Gordon could outplay him and get promoted and get Cody Hollister demoted in a hurry. Um, but I don't have a lot of faith in Josh Gordon. He's 31 years old. He's caught 32 passes in his last two seasons. And those last two seasons were 2020 and 2019 because he wasn't around in 2020 as he so often has not been. He is infrequent in the league. He's, he's been uh, 161 games in his 10 years in the league. He's played 75 of them, 46.5%. He's been suspended six times, three full seasons. It's the kind of guy you're looking at when you're, when you're trying to find a receiver after training camp because you've done an insufficient job finding a receiver, you know, during receiver finding season, which is called free agency and the draft. And when you wait until the fourth round in 20. 21 to draft a receiver when you clearly need a receiver. And then the guy you pick is Des Fitzpatrick who couldn't make your roster, your first 53 as a rookie and couldn't make your 53 again as a uh, second year player, but who John Robinson says had an outstanding off season. It just needs to maintain his consistency says it's a different conversation this year when he's cutting him as opposed to last year. Well, who gives a shit what kind of conversation it is? You're cutting him again. You're cutting him again. So the conversation's brighter about cutting him this year than it was last year. Ooh, hooray. He's stepping up the ladder. He's a better cut player this year than he was last year. How about you get a guy that you don't have to cut twice? My goodness, they could put a smiley face on the shitty news. Des Fitzpatrick is a very pedestrian receiver. Even when he's doing the things that they want done more consistently, he's not scaring anybody. He's not offering any dynamic play. Why don't they want dynamic receivers? Why are they so satisfied with guys who can block and not make mistakes? I mean, the, the bar is so low. Hollister's tough and dependable. I mean, that's all you have to be to be a fifth receiver in Tennessee. It's uh, go out there, send your kid out, get him to go to college, prove he's tough and dependable. And uh, he too can be a Tennessee Titans wide receiver because that's all that all that's required here. They've got 11 rookies on this roster and look, I'm not going to begrudge those 11 rookies. It looks like a good draft class. Um, Burks, McCreary, Petit Frere, Willis, Haskins, Aquanquo, Phillips, Chance Campbell all make it. Theo Jackson's the only one who doesn't. Um, and then you've got some couple of undrafted guys who stick also. But, um, you know, you can't throw too much of a party. You can't throw too much of a party that 
that the Titans have so many young guys stick because as I wrote this week, their 2020 draft class of six only has one guy left. Only has one guy left because Des Fitzpatrick is mediocre at best because um, Isaiah Wilson was a complete disaster because um, it's it. John Robinson had such a, a bad year. So you go back to that. It's Isaiah Wilson, Christian Fulton, great pick, best cornerback on the team. Darrington Evans, always hurt, played six games in two years. Larell Murchison couldn't get to his third season. Cole McDonald was cut in no times, like one of the fastest cuts ever. And Chris Jackson couldn't get into his third year. He got beat out by Trey Avery. So when you're creating such a mess there, and now you go to uh, the 2021 draft and Des Fitzpatrick's gone um, and, and Brady Breeze is, is long gone. That creates um, space for all of these guys now to be on the roster. Um, so there's a lot of room for these guys, a lot of room. Um, so I, I'd stop short of a parade. This is a team that wins close games. And, and I've said, you know, everybody expects all, all the analytical press out there expects regression from teams that win close games. I think you can be a good team. Good teams win close games. I think good teams can learn how to win close games and continue to win close games. This is going to be a team that plugs, has been a team that plugs and plays uh, people. And it's had good success plugging and playing people. But you'd rather be a team that pulls away, right? And wins some games by a more regional reasonable margin. I know that's infrequent in the league. There are a lot of close games, but good teams do win some games without having to bite their nails. Um, and you would rather be a team that fields more better players instead of having to plug and play average guys and rely on the miracle works of a very good head coach Dennis Daly they traded for they gave up a fifth um, to get Dennis Daly and a seventh from Carolina he you would think would be their swing tackle though John Robinson said this week you know Jamarco Jones might be their swing tackle or Dylan Radins might be their swing tackle he's clearly still trying to save face on Dylan Radins who was just a terrible pick so they went from Isaiah Wilson, a first-round pick who didn't cut it, to Dylan Radins, a second-round pick who's a backup guard at best now, to Nicholas Petit-Frere, who is, uh, you know, hopefully a right tackle who's going to be, in short order, better than David Quesenberry was. But that's three picks, a first, a second, and a third that it's taken you, presuming that NPF, is, is a good enough player as a starter a first a second and a third to replace jack conklin that is some bad 
business. And what gives us faith that Dennis Daly is going to be a quality offensive lineman for this team if and when he's called on? Here, here are guys that John Robinson has brought in, never mind a draft, where he has hit on Nate Davis, who's a good player, um, where he's, it's not all fails there. Roger Saffold was a great free agent signing. But these are guys who are on the team that he's brought in as veterans or moves he's made 2021 um bobby hart right kendall lamb complete disaster daniel munyer was on the team for a couple years did not pan out david questenberry was always over his head you know functional replacement level at best ty sambrello wasn't bad and he quit on the team quit on the team he cut dennis kelly in what appeared to be a cost-cutting move i i think dennis kelly was was you know getting to the downside and I, I said you know it wasn't as much to me that he cut dennis kelly as that he failed to sufficiently replace dennis kelly but the more time that we have removed from that you know you cut dennis kelly and you replace him with kendall lamb well that's a double failure 2020, Jamil Douglas played, drafted Isaiah Wilson. 2019, Aaron Stinney was on the team. Aaron Stinney was not very good. I know he went down to Tampa Bay. I know he, unfortunately, when Tampa Bay played here, suffered a badly torn up knee. But having success in Tampa Bay didn't make him a good player when he was here. He was not. Go back to 2018, Quentin Spain. Not good. Tyler Merritts, Josh Klein, Kevin Pamphiel, Austin Patzer, Pastor. Bad players. All of these guys, none of them very good depth. When's the last time the Titans had a legitimate sixth, seventh, eighth offensive line? Corey Levin's back now. He's a better player than he was, but Corey Levin. Uh, I mean, I could scroll here. I've got pro football uh, reference open. Corey Levin was a sixth rounder that uh, uh, Robinson drafted in his second draft. And Corey Levin had, if I go down to his transactions, was waived in 2021. Uh, 29 more transactions. I mean, so the Titans initially waived him in 2019, August. He went to Denver. He went to Chicago. He went to New England. He went to the Jets. They brought him back here um, in 2021 and waived him in September, um, signed him in October, released him in March, signed him in March the next day. So, I mean, they were done with him and uh, and brought him back. And look, he might be one of the best backups now. I mean, who do you feel best about losing on that line? If they lost Ben Jones, Corey Levin, I think could de do a decent job there as compared to um, Raidens, Jamarco Jones, 
Dennis Daly. I think they got big depth problems on the offensive line. Big, big depth problems on the offensive line. Here's another thing. I have so many, and all, I mean, all teams have this. If you're primarily a backup, right, you need to be a special teamer. But this is Craig Aukerman. A lot of, lot of you target, you know, coaches when players underperform. I target the players first and foremost, and I think Vrabel's got a pretty good coaching staff. Craig Aukerman gets away with murder. These special teams need to be good. Like all the units need to be good. Look at the amount of people he's being given. Haskins, Chestnut, Hollister, Strong, Hand. Campbell should be a, a star. Uh, Dylan Cole, a Danny should be a star. Has been a very good player. Weaver, probably less out there now. Uh, A.J. Moore is only here to be a special teamer. Only here. In the secondary, Johnson, Amadi, Avery, Kalu, all special teams, special teams, special teams, special teams. Those guys, if Craig Ackerman can't have good punt unit, good kickoff unit, good punt coverage unit, good kickoff return units, I just don't understand why everybody's so jolly about Craig walking around with his smile, always upbeat when the Titans are never particularly good on special teams. I'm encouraged by Ryan Stonehouse. And I think uh, Randy Bullock's been crushing the ball, but let, let's see the rest of these special teams do something. It's just like a free pass, free pass to be average. Fantasy. I wanted to talk about. Who's worth having on this team in fantasy football? Derek Henry, for sure. I'd still, you know, I might go Jonathan Taylor ahead of him, but I'm not convinced that um, Frank Reich's going to use him as much as he should be used. I do think he'll get in the end zone a lot. Safer health-wise. Probably he's, he's younger, fresher, all of that. I'm not taking Christian McCaffrey ahead of Derrick Henry. Christian McCaffrey is constantly hurt. Uh, Austin Eckler is going to catch the ball a, a lot more than Derrick Henry. That's for sure. But I'm, I'm thinking Derrick Henry top three, top four, still, still, I think, uh, and, and I didn't mention this when I was talking about the, the faults of the offense. I mean, they certainly are better way better at tight end the position they just ignored last year in a way that they should feel quite guilty about in hindsight but we can't look back never look back can't can't confess a mistake can't talk about a mistake can't acknowledge a mistake um though john robinson occasionally raises his hand and says my bad um he said it about Everybody's favorite, Kevin Dodd, said it about Isaiah Wilson. Um, I think Austin Hooper's going to be a very productive player for this team. I don't know if he's a top 10 tight end, though, the way tight ends are around the league. If you're in a deeper league, though, I'd give him some serious consideration. Um, I would I would consider Robert Woods, but uh, 
you know, don't go crazy. And I'd consider Kyle Phillips. Um, Kyle Phillips is going to catch balls in particularly on third down and in two minute drills, you know, so if you're anxious to have a Titan on your team, uh, I wouldn't, I don't draft a kicker until the last or second to last round. I wait on defense. I wait on kicker. Um, you know, I would get you an indoor kicker, get yourself an indoor kicker, but if you lose out on an indoor kicker, Randy Bullock wouldn't be the worst kicker that you could get. Like I said, he's been killing the ball. So I think he'll hit some long field goals if given the chance. Um, you know, and kickers are completely random year to year. So um, Traylon Burks, you know, I think he's going to get better as the season goes along, but I, I, he's not going to be a high volume guy, particularly early in the season. Um, and Nick Westbrook Akine would be a, a total flyer. I don't think you can take Chig. Um, I, I don't think you can take Chig counting on any kind of steady production. So, um, and Tannehill, you know, how deep is your league? You know, if you're in a 10 team league, you can take him as a, as your second quarterback. If his bye week lines up properly for you, I play in the 14 or 16, uh, you know, he'd be one of the last quarterbacks you'd take. In those circumstances, if you play in a big league like that. Otherwise, you know, besides Henry, there's no Titan you have to have. You're taking one of those other guys as a, I have to have a Titan on my team kind of guy. Uh, that's all I've got for you this week. We will uh, talk again in a week. And... Um, We'll be right on the verge of the Titans opening up against the Giants at long last. I can't wait for meaningful NFL football Thursday night game. Um, going to be great. And uh, it's going to be big to get things started. I appreciate your loyalty. I've gotten great feedback on this podcast, which I appreciate. I welcome your feedback. Paul Kuharski NFL on Twitter, Tennessee Titans Kuharski on Facebook um private group you know it if you're in it uh membership plea 5.99 a month is really a steal for all the content you'll get everything i write um two broadcasts a week for members only um one during the week one from the press box after i'm done writing after the game and i've been in the locker room and kind of assessed everything that's unfolded Blake Benningfield has a scouting preview and a scouting review of the game and Mike Herndon with a Wednesday column, a deep dive on something that's usually uh, kind of analytics based. Um, I know the one he's working on for next week is going to be uh, really interesting. Something he and I have been talking about. It's a steal at that price. If you're really a big Titans fan and you're not a member uh, you're losing out. You also get a 5% discount at Tennessee tickets, which is a great ticket broker. Um, everybody says uh, all these ticket agencies say, you know, they've got the lowest prices, but then you go to buy a ticket there and the fees are as much as the tickets at Tennessee tickets. The price is the price. And then you take 5% off of that. You're getting a pretty good deal. So you should be looking for your Titans tickets there. If you want really good seats and really good seats to anything going on, 
in Nashville or anywhere. They've got tickets to everything. So you should be checking them out as well. Uh, I appreciate you. Don't block the box. And do please be sure to lock your lock. Mm-hmm.